After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. After further review, we've got David the Man of Guy Harris on the phone lines, and we're going to talk a little NBA for you. Winners and losers, or not winners and losers, but contenders or pretenders in the month of December. Uh, go ahead, David. Let's hear this one. Yeah, so I, you know, you know, we're before Christmas break. I just wanted to give just a quick update. Just one team from the East, one team from the West that I think is going to be a contender. Like they're actually believing what we're seeing, and then a team that's going to fall off by about the All Star break, or even when we think about their expectations going into the season, are going. To, I believe we're going to fall short. And so, starting out in the West, I think for me, a contender that a lot of people are seeing now and believing kind of the hype is Dallas. So, like, Luka Doncic right now is easily top three in the MVP considerations right now. Like, he's just playing out of his mind. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, we saw this last year. But I think just the elevation from last year to this year, really taking a more... I don't want to say James Harden approach to the game, but just kind of that shooter facilitator kind of, I'm going to be the number one option. Like, I think that's really, for a lot of people, from what I'm hearing and seeing, a lot of people didn't think that he would take this lead this much. And so is he going to be an all-star this year? Absolutely. Do I, do I think he'll be... A top three MVP at the end of the season? Absolutely. I think Dallas is going to finish top four. I believe so. Well, they're at number three right now. Yeah, well, I mean, coming into the season, we were talking about, you know, Houston, the two LA teams, possibly Denver, kind of hovering around there. Which like, they're all we the, the the two LA teams are atop the league. The the Lakers who won and beat the uh, Miami Heat at home. The Mi- gave the Miami Heat their first loss, and then the Clippers are number two with both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both scoring forty points, a forty clip. And then Denver's number five, Dallas is number three, Houston's number four. I actually watched uh. Uh, the other night, uh, James, man, that man, the bearded man, James Harden, put up 55 on the Cavs. And let me tell you this. James Harden. It's the Cavs? Well, no, 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 no. You don't seem to understand. The Cavs were actually playing really good defense on James Harden. James Harden has to be one of the best tough shot makers that I've ever seen. I mean, this dude pretty much takes 26-foot step backs. I mean, literally, I mean, they were they were pushing him out the perimeter, trying to push him out his range. The man was still hitting, and he was still driving to the cup, doing whatever he needed to do. I mean, 
the the guy is literally a marvel to watch. And I mean, he took a lot of shots, but it didn't. They, they were almost. They, they were. <laughs> For any regular NBA player, bad shots. But because he's James Harden, he practices that stuff. I mean, he's basically unstoppable. He's unstoppable. For one, he's left-handed, which gives him a little bit of an advantage because people are not used to people being left-handed. But <laughs> it was almost like if you were coaching at a scouting report, you would just throw it up in the air because you, you put together, you, you think about it, what the Jazz try to do in the playoffs. They try to funnel him towards Gorbear, you know, Teams do all this certain stuff, and they can't stop him. I think the problem with James Harden, though, is he needs to learn how to pace himself. He he, he burns out too easily um, towards the end of the playoffs. I mean, he still gets to the free throw line. He's not just a jump shooter either. Like, he can drive the cup and draw fouls. Um, but then again, though, like I said, Dan Antonio's system, or I like to call him Antonio because he don't coach no D, Cleveland was still in the game. And I, I think if you want to win a championship, they're right. Defense wins championships, but I think defensive stops at key moments is what really wins you a championship. And then just, the Rockets just can't do it. But, man, James James Harden, special talent. If you get an opportunity to either see him in person or just see him on TV, you better savor it because this is some of the stuff that the stuff he does is just unreal. Not, it seems like video game-ish. Yeah, it does. And actually, kind of, that segues me right into my, at least for me, my pretender in the West. I don't know if Houston can keep this up, like you said, in the playoffs. And again, everyone was thinking, oh, Westbrook and Harden are going to work together. Like, they're still not on the court together. It's still, no. you do your thing, yeah. James, you do your thing. During that 55-point game, Russ was being subbed in and out. I mean... His, his, you're, you're right. His game, it's just something about his game that doesn't fit. They're both two ball dominant players, and those other guys fit with James because they let him dribble, 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 and then he hits him with the spot up. Now I do say this: I have noticed that they've kind of eliminated those 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 dribbling from him, but that's part of his game, though. It's, he he dribbles you to the sleep, basically the sleeper. I like to call it the sleep dribble. You know, you're playing defense against them. And then once he sees a little bit of you putting your hand down or you changing your angle because he's been dribbling so much, he attacks. So it's that change of pace of that sleepiness where he's so explosive, he slows it down to a crawl, and then boom, he's gone. And he's strong. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of an advantage for him. Now, is it great to watch for team basketball? No. But it, it's an advantage for him, and he uses it, and that's what makes him so lethal. But then you have a guy like, Russell Westbrook that really doesn't have many pace. He just goes a million miles an hour. And like I like I agree with you totally. How is this gonna work towards the playoffs? But but then again, though, we're we're previewing stuff in December. So right now it's working for him a little bit, but you know, how, that is a question mark. Yeah, and even like you said, how much is it gonna be where we're gonna see James Harden doing that, you know, DMT coach's decision, resting just kind of playing even 25, 30 minutes a night. Is he going to have that happen to him starting in January, February? Because, like you said, he's just going, you know, 40, 45 minutes right now. And it's like, dude, you have, like, more than half the season left. Yeah. Keep going. 
right, switching over to the East, we're going to start with the Pretender. And, like, I'm for me right now, I'm not a believer in the Heat. Well, I just think why? They just because they just it. lost the Lakers uh, on Friday night? No, they just live by the three right now. And as we say, it's live by the three, die by well, the three. Well, they also play so good I defense, think... though, too. No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. They play good defense. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're top in the top ten in the league in terms of defensive efficiency. I just think kind of outside of Jimmy Butler, are you going to rely on a Tyler Hero to give you a big night, a Kendrick Nunn who is a crazy story, probably rookie of the year? Is Van Maidabayo going to be that number two option? We still don't know what the brief is going on with Deion Waiters. Like, there's just a lot of, like, the scoring piece. It, I don't know if it's going to be kind of a score-by-committee kind of thing to where you have, like, one big score and then kind of a bunch of complimentary pieces. Because that kind of sounds like Jimmy Butler when he was in Chicago. Mm. And so I'm, I know that basically around him is a bunch of young guys, and he's that veteran presence. I mean, you have a couple of veterans on the bench, but Jimmy is that veteran presence, and he has a heat culture. You have kind of Coach Spolter, who's been through the wires. We know Pat Riley is kind of that dude. I'm just, I'm just curious to see just kind of as the season progresses and you get into that wall of teams having a lot of tape on you, teams being able to break down, especially Hero and Dunn, or uh, Dunn, none, excuse me. Like, come January, February, are they going to be able to kind of pick up the NBA game and to kind of develop more into kind of continuing to what they're, how they're playing right now? So I think that's, they'll still make the playoffs. Yes, because it's the Eastern Conference, and there's only like five teams that are realistically going to have a shot at winning the Eastern Conference, and they're one of them. Mm-hmm. But do I think that they're going to maintain this being the best top tier in the East? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And that's my only hesitation with them. Mm-hmm. So you hating on the Heat, I guess. Yeah, just to bring a little, little cold to the Heat. But, but they're still good. Still love the Miami Vice jerseys. Not going to hate. Right, and the court. Go, keep going, David. And, and, and for me, a contender, I know, you know, Philadelphia was just right there in the Eastern Conference semis. We all know the shots and everything. But if Joel B can keep, keep this fire under his butt, like, there's no reason why he can't be as dominant as Shaq and Chuck and all these other analysts are saying Joel Embiid should be. Like, like Shaq said, like, he should be able to go out there, put up 35 and 15 easy. Mm-hmm. He should be able to go out there, dominate in the inside. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think he's going to be the catalyst for me. Like, we all know... Regardless of if he wants to shoot a three or not, Ben Simmons should just do his game. Like, you're not a three-point shooter, just let it go. But if they can kind of get back to doing what they did last season, which is Joel Embiid being the alpha, is that going to cause team chemistry? Probably a little bit, but if they're winning, locker room is going to be quiet. 
And so I think they just need to maintain that same thing that they did last year. Let Joel be, be the man. If Ben Simmons wants to like actually have a good night and be an NBA player and shoot the ball, that's great. That would be an added bonus. Mm-hmm. But this is Joel Embiid's team, and it has to be for them if they want to make it to the final. Right. Anything else? Uh, the Knicks are trash, and <laughs> how are your bulls going? What do you say? What the Knicks are trash perpetually, and then I guess thirty seconds. I guess the Bulls are doing great. They're like not in the tank yet, so that's an accomplishment. Well, the the, the whole Knicks situation—they're looking at different coaching candidates. But this goes back to another situation I talked about with Frank earlier in his power play. As long as James Dolan is there, I don't really see the Knicks doing anything. And it's sad. It's very sad. A very uh, proud franchise that plays in the Mecca. And one of the most famous arenas, not only in basketball, but other sports as well. Can't put together anything that's winning. And the fans are so loyal. But, yeah, it's all about making profits and, and, and ticking people off. And, you know, here's their intro music they used to have back in 1994 when they were really good. You know, I would say as a Bulls fan, I didn't like the Knicks, but I sure as heck respected them in the way they played. And, you know, they, they brought a little swagger to the court, but also respected the game. A little dirty, though, a little physical. But, you know, you watch. That was just the 90s. Oh, you know, yeah. But, but just watching those teams with Ewing, Starks, Oakley, rest in peace, Anthony Mason, Derek Harper towards 1994 after that trade from the Mavericks. I mean,. You know, even Hubert Davis. I mean, as a Bulls fan, you didn't like them. I mean, I, I, I didn't really like the Pistons at all. It was just disrespectful. Didn't like them. Didn't like the Knicks, but you at least respected them. And then they made a good run in '99. But the fact that it's just like you're not even doing. It. And then you blame it on David Fisdale that it was his fault. You signed four power forwards over the summer. That didn't that didn't make any sense either. It, it's just a, a mix mash of management. Don't know where's going, where they're going. No plan. No nothing. And, and and nobody wants to go there. That's sad that a lot of free agents are passing up to go to the Knicks and actually go to Brooklyn or something. That, that tells you a lot. So I think a lot of coaches see that. I'm sure they're going to have coaching candidates, but some of them are going to be like, eh, I don't know if I really want to go there. I mean, think about it. Steve Kerr almost went to the Knicks. Could you imagine if Steve Kerr was at the Knicks, would he have seen the same success as he did in Golden State? Oh, he probably would have been fired within, like, three months. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? Right. You know, Golden State is a progressive-minded organization, and they also let Steve Kerr do his thing. And I think James Dolan is like, almost like Jerry Jones. You know, it's a toy to him, and he's going to try to meddle. And, like I said, that's I think that's just really sad. But, you know, we do know the, know the Knicks are, are pretty trash. I think uh, another thing to look at with the Bulls, where are they going? I mean, Zach Levine is putting up good numbers. But still, you're not seeing any results in the win-loss column. You know they're you know they're winning against the lower teams. But where do the where do the Bulls really want to go? That that's that's the question I'm trying to trying to figure out, and I and I can't f- figure it out at all. Um, are you a playoff team? Are you still rebuilding? I mean, Chicago right now is behind Detroit, um, but they're actually in the 11th 
playoff spot. You brought in Jim Boylan, thought to bring in the discipline, but that's another organization where Gar Foreman and Johnny John Paxson, great basketball player, but the management decisions mm, are, are iffy. Detroit, on paper, should be looking good, but but then again, though, you got stars that are in their twilight. I mean, Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, if they were together in 2011, poof, dynamite, dynamo, type of team. But it's 2019 going into 2020, and they've both had, you know, serious injuries to their knees. Yeah. And Andre Drummond, what are you doing with him? You know, um, Jackson, you might need to move on from him, but those guys have some contracts on them with being injury prone. Who's going to really pick them up and take them? So right now, the Pistons could be in that hamster wheel where I think the highest they could possibly get is fifth. I I don't know, but they need to, they need to figure some things out. If Derrick Rose could be healthy through the season, you got something there. Um, Luke Kennard is coming around, but it's once again it, it's it's just like Tom Gore said. I'm going to go in and try to win, and you once again you brought in. I guess it's a running analogy on today's show. You didn't bring in the Breezes and the Rogers of the NBA, the elites. You kind of brought in that second tier. And they're injury prone, so they don't ever get to play together. And you're getting the results that you're getting where you're right outside the playoffs. When really on Detroit on paper should be at least in the upper top five to top four of the uh, of, of the conference. Orlando's not looking too bad. Indiana still... Uh, um, verdicts out on them Toronto Raptors after losing Kawhi fifth is not bad Boston I think has been playing a lot better basketball without Kyrie Irving but I don't think he really fit that culture or that system I think it's predicated on a lot of ball movement and then let's face it the future is 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 actually Tatum I think they paid a little bit too much for Gordon Hayward if he can string together some games I would probably move on from him, even though you got him the big contract, because I think Jalen Brown is your future. And I think he adds just a little bit more athleticism than actually Gordon or Gordon Hayward. And I think that's what they need to think about, because um, when Hayward was out, Brown was playing really well. Then Hayward came back and Hayward's playing better. But now you're pushing Brown to the bench. And let's face it, Hayward's younger, has never had a major injury. I know you invested in Hayward, but you also invested in Kyrie Irving. You're just going to have to probably cut your losses and say, you know what, we drafted well. These are the young guys. This is our young core. Let's rock with them and see what we can do in the next five to six years. That's really what the Celtics need to be looking at. Yeah, and I think it's going to be for a lot of teams. How much longer can you hold on to that injury, that veteran? How much do you kind of see how many draft picks you can get? kind of free up some cap space and then look to the next couple of years of the draft because there's a lot of all these same wingers, stretch threes, kind of all these kind of same old guys that are coming out of the either college ball or even high school once you get the 2021-2022 draft. And so it's, hey, how young do you want to go or do you want to stick to these Aging veterans with the firing contract, you know, quote unquote, been through the ringer a couple of times. 
Um, also, um, as we wrap up this segment, um, obviously Philadelphia not doing too bad. As I said, I was kind of surprised with Miami. Uh, teams are not going to make it. Washington Wizards. And, 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 you know, condolences to John Wall. He just lost his mother, I think, uh, on Friday. So condolences yeah. to him. Uh, but let's face it, Washington, Cleveland. I thought Atlanta would do a lot better with Trey Young in the second season. I, 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 I'm going to tell you this right now. I, I, picking Cam Reddish was probably a mistake. Uh, probably a big mistake. Um, a lot of hype, but he lacks motor. Um, and I, I think he's going to be average at best. He can play in the NBA, but, but then again, what do you want out of this guy? Do you want him to be a guy that's going to be contributing to the team to help you get wins, or he's just going to be doing like journeyman points, you know, piecing together stuff? And I think they're going to realize that with him. Um, it, there was questions about his passion of playing basketball. He probably was just playing basketball because he was bigger than everybody else. And, you know, he's supposed to play ball. And you get a lot of guys like that. Nothing wrong with that. But as far as the NBA and trying to get wins and losses, that ain't helping your cause. Uh, and then, obviously, you said New York is trash. I go over to the West, Golden State. Pfft, they might as well. This, is, this to me, smells of San Antonio um, <laughs> back in 1998. David Robinson got injured, didn't bring him back, end up getting, or actually the 96-97 season. Gets injured early, don't bring him back. San Antonio was a straight train wreck, 1997. Guess who they draft? Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, Duncan, and they have success. I think this is the same thing with the Golden State Warriors. Klay Thompson's out. Steph Curry's out. Kevin Durant leaves. They've been known to be able to draft well. Uh, Cut your losses. We'll see what we can get in the next year's draft. You already got a good culture established. Just take your lumps. You're already getting pulled off of national television already. Like I said, take your lumps and, and call it a day. And uh, you know, I think that's that's what they're that's what they're gonna do. So they're out. Right, right there. You can already. Eh. New Orleans. It's coming to fruition. Those guys, the Lakers, make the trade, and they're up at the top of the league. And these supposed young guys that are supposed to be the future for the Lakers, they're at the bottom of the league. Now, some people will say, well, they're young and you know and they got to adjust. But let's face it, this is what Lonzo Ball's third season in the league. Brandon Ingram, I believe it was his third or fourth season in the league. Um, obviously, they don't have Zion Williamson, but then that's a question mark. Is this guy going to be injury prone? I mean, it, it looks like a right. This could be another debacle, or it could be another Golden State situation where we're going to keep Zion out and then get another high draft pick and and, and and put him, you know, pair him up with somebody. And don't be surprised if, if they do go that route. Some of those former Laker guys are going to be out the door because then they kind of realize mm, this, this trade for Anthony Davis, we're not really getting return on investment. We got to really maybe do a trade for a trade. To get some other assets or pieces, uh, Memphis, nah, San Antonio, uh, Minnesota, interesting concept that they're this low right now. You know, they're tenth, but they have too much talent, way too much talent to be tenth. They should be in the middle of the pack. Um, Phoenix, good job, Phoenix. You're not you're not the butthole of the armpit of the NBA anymore. Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously in seventh, but. You know, after all those trades and stuff, 
Utah will always be competitive with with Quinn Snyder, but I just don't think they'll ever be elite. They're they're the epitome of the hamster wheel team in the NBA. And and I mean that. The epitome of the hamster wheel team in the NBA. They'll never be in the championship, but they'll probably always be in the playoffs. Furthest of maybe a win a second round game, possibly, but there'll be a lot of first round exits, second round defeats, and you just go nowhere. Like I said, that's the hamster wheel. Up next, Denver, not bad. Houston, okay. Dallas could be possibly the future with Luka. And then the two Los Angeles juggernauts. I got to give it to LeBron James. I I thought this would, you know, LeBron has gone to different places and the starts have been bad. And I thought the same thing would happen in this situation. But they've really come out to a blazing start. They play well as a team. They really lock down on defense. This is kind of interesting. I bet if the Lakers were struggling, people would be calling for Frank uh, Vogel's head and wanting to fire him. But the Lakers are off to a great start. You don't hear a damn thing about Frank. But everyone's talking about how this is LeBron's revenge tour. Well, that also helps that, you know, your number two is Anthony Davis, who Mm -hmm. he just casually threw out 50, and everyone's just like, yeah, but but I watched I watched a little bit of that Lakers Miami game and here's what's the scary here's the scary part about Los Angeles this is the thing that gets me about them is that you know guys like Contavious Caldwell Pope do their role now LeBron does kind of yell at them sometimes he does take some bonehead shots but guys like Caruso kind of a somewhat semi-athletic white guy does his role well. Um, Quinn Cook occasionally does his world well. Troy Daniels, not bad. Um, Danny Green, he's going to be hitting them threes. Dwight Howard is almost almost like he's having a career resurgence. Uh, Kyle Kuzma has been out. JaVale McGee has been playing really well. Um, And then you got Rondo, who's, you know, 33 years old, but a solid veteran, though. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of crazy out there how, how they got this going on with them. But... Um, as I said before, I, I I'm shocked with the Lakers. So being now, there's a lot of season left. They could falter, but as I said before, I'm really shocked. Well, then it will always be interesting to see kind of how if they run away with the well, not really run away because it'll be them and the Clippers. But we'll, if we'll start to see that load management, how much will LeBron kind of slow down and then? We'll see Anthony Davis kind of be that alpha and how that will look heading into the playoffs. This year, I don't know if there'll be low management. I think LeBron has a, a point to prove. He's rested and recharged, got the out the playoffs. And you can tell. You can look at him and tell. He didn't have a long playoff run where his legs are just shot. Well, yeah, then. And then knowing that this year it'll be this NBA season, however long, and then in the Olympics and then back into next season so he's just kind of his body's right for long haul and we all know we've known over the years that LeBron spent way too much money taking care of his body and it shows mm-hmm. oh yeah okay yeah that is true but like I said David any final thoughts uh, I pretty got, got got my rundown and my word out there and uh, actually this segment turned out better than I thought because I'm thinking December how can you already pick contenders and pretenders but What's good, uh, NBA uh, chat? Yeah, we had 
it'll be interesting to see just kind of how those big storylines develop, how Luca's going to continue. Will we actually see Harden and Westbrook on the floor, like, at the same time and winning time, or is it just going to be just back and forth? And then just how many coaches the Knicks will have this season? I'm suddenly over under at three. This season alone? Yeah. Well, they're already down. How do they have two more coaches? I'm sure they're going to have to have somebody. Well, I guess the interim right now. I don't think they're going to bring anybody in at the middle of the season. I think they just have an interim guy come in um, and just finish the season out because it's it's a total mess, and you make the situation even worse if you're bringing in a new person. You got to bring them in toward the end of the at the end of the season, so then they can get with the GM and see you know what kind of system the guy runs and what players they want to draft for the future in that system. So. Um, it would be kind of awkward, though, if they did bring in a guy. But, you, like I said, you never know what's the next. Yeah, I mean, it's awkward for most people. For James Dolan, it's just, it's just Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, David, anything else? How's your weekend going? Well, it's a rainy, wet one here in the queues. Watching Army Navy game, a little bit of Syracuse Georgetown, which that's a whole nother poof. How the mighty have fallen. Right. All right. Well, David, as we got towards the end of the show, man, it was good talking to you. Hopefully, you'll be back next week, as I think we'll get next one more week. time in the studio before uh, the break. Yeah, winners and losers wrap up this. I think the NFL season should be decided by next week. Who knows? We'll definitely for sure have a lot of clinches and playoff teams. And maybe the Cowboys won't stink this week. Right. But probably they will. Right. You're, he's, a, he's a Cowboys hater, as you can tell. Anyway, thanks, David, for calling in, man. All right. See you next week. Yeah, he always says that. See you next week. This has been a presentation of 88.3 WTs. After further review, if you guys like the show, you know we'll be on 88.3. On Saturdays, 11 to 1 or 11.30 to 1.30, uh, depending when we stroll on in here in the studio or if we got the, the live-to-tape version, because sometimes we do tape at the, the home studio. But make sure you always check us out if you miss a segment on iTunes or SoundCloud. as WXUT's After Further Review. It's got a picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. Thanks to Frank and David calling in. I came into the studio, had them call in. Normally I would have the show like this taped, but I said, you know what, I'll get back in the studio. You know, we got this new equipment and everything. We'll use it. Anyway, you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy some college football and college basketball. I'm Derek Lawson. Peace. I'm out. After further review, 88.3.